and welcome to another new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I am your host, Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff, and today in the studio, we have two very special guests, um, two people who have worked tirelessly the last, I don't know, nine months, give or take. I don't know how long this pandemic has gone, really, to be honest anymore, um, but they are two of the athletic directors in the area, two of the athletic directors that are actually reside in Goshen proper. Um, there is Fairfield who has a Goshen address, but they're in Benton, I guess, but Goshen actual city limits. Um, we have from Bethany Christian Athletic Director Gary Chupp and from Goshen High School Athletic Director Larry Kissinger. Gentlemen, how are you today? Gary? Doing well, ready for break. I'm sure Larry <laughs> probably agrees with that. Larry, yeah. yeah after uh, three athletic events, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we'll be ready to get some relaxation in. <laughs> That's good to hear. So, yeah, obviously we are in the uh, final stretches. I know Bethany is done uh, this week. No, no athletic events this week at Bethany, but you do come back after Christmas and have some holiday tournaments at uh, LCA. And I know like you mentioned, Larry, you got some events this week. Uh, and then we come back after Christmas and you get a couple more uh, tournaments. You have to host the Goshen Girls Basketball Tournament uh, in first weekend in January and uh, things like that. So it's uh, I'm sure it's been a fun time for you guys. And that's why I kind of have you on today. I want to kind of just talk about uh, – being an athletic director this last five, six months, you know, we've we've been practicing um, in high school sports in Indiana since July. Uh, July 6th, I believe, was the first day uh, you guys were allowed to formally practice after the pandemic or during the pandemic, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about the different perspectives, obviously um, different perspectives in the sense, Gary, you're at a smaller private school and Larry, you're at a big public school you know I think these are the smallest and the biggest high schools we cover in our coverage area so I think it's a different perspectives and maybe different looks at uh, some things so um, yeah so I guess we can just jump right into it guys um, Gary we'll start with you uh, if you had one word to describe the last five months or so uh, what would you pick and, and why one word uh, <laughs> incredibly challenging I like it <laughs> yeah it's been uh this has not been uh, my favorite stretch of being an AD. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody would probably echo that. Very challenging, <laughs> trying to piece together schedules, um, checking Twitter every 10, 15 minutes to see what teams are going to be quarantined next and how that's going to impact us. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the scheduling piece is, is always a challenge uh, when you have to start making games up, which we all do at this point. Um, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been an athletic director now? This is my seventh year. Seventh year at Bethany. Mm-hmm. And then, Larry, how long have you been the AD now at Goshen? This is year number 20. Yeah. I'm sure it's not your favorite stretch of being an AD as well. <laughs> uh, no, I, I uh, was going to say the same thing as Gary when the first, the one word came up. And then as he talked, I thought of uh, the partnerships might be a word that I would put secondary there or maybe first now because of... Uh, the amount of cooperation, not just between ADs to get things done, but uh, between your administrators that maybe weren't as heavily involved with uh, the needs of athletics before. You know, we're basically the only thing in Indiana allowed to keep going that gives kids a chance to live a somewhat normal life. So you needed their support. The partnership with parents, I think, has gone to a different level, whereas before, Uh, High school sports has tried to keep parents 
almost in their place. You know, we want you as a support group to provide meals, to, uh, you know, just be positive with your kids. But now, it, you know, we were asking for a lot of feedback from parents about what are we doing? What can we do for help? And educating parents and fans has been impossible. <laughs> but uh, that's probably been the biggest challenge mm-hmm. is getting everyone to realize when you go from one county to the next what the mm-hmm. rules are. And um, so, yeah, I would say partnerships has been really positive out of all this to mm-hmm. see how everyone has worked together to give kids a chance. Mm-hmm. Gary, same similar sentiments with the parents there. Do you feel like you've, they've been more involved this year? Absolutely. Uh, you know, our our community is has been really supportive through this. the The, the fascinating thing is it, community by community, the response to the different guidelines that we put in place is so different. Um, Goshen, for example, is a community where we have them into our events and that community is outstanding following the guidelines and i think that starts uh, and and i would hope other communities would say that about our fan base but i think that starts with how we implement our guidelines and educate our parents and fans so when they go and travel on the road they're a lot more respectful and Mm -hmm. understanding of what it is we're all dealing with Yeah, obviously, there are a lot of different rules you have to follow and, and things like that. Uh, even even for you know people like me, like journalists, having to make sure that, hey, let you guys know I'm coming to the game even more than one day in advance just so you guys can prepare. You know, how does that plan for spacing? You never have to think about that stuff usually beforehand, except for maybe like a football game, like a high-profile football game. But now you got to do all that stuff. So um, I kind of want to take us back before even July and, and kind of take us back to the beginning of this. Uh, when this pandemic kind of hit, uh, obviously right away in mid-March, um, we really couldn't do anything. And that was probably an easy, easier time for you guys, I would guess, because it was, hey, we, we they just canceled everything. Like there's no scheduling. But early April, you know, you start and I'm going to kind of go to Larry here first on this one. You start, you know, the NLC puts out a plan of like, we'd like to play baseball by May 1st and track by a certain date. Um, what do you remember from those early April conversations um, in pertaining to like potentially coming back for the spring sports season there? Uh, I guess hope was, <laughs> was uh, you know, and staying optimistic because you wanted your kids to feel as though there was an opportunity, even though, um, you know, after the first set of cancellation, after the first plan was scrapped, it's like, God, ah, this does not look promising uh, so trying to uh, keep in contact with kids during that time was at the forefront of, of what we were doing. And it made me feel very thankful for our spring coaches and the wonderful ideas they had. Um, you know, we saw a lot of schools going around to celebrate what seniors were not able to have, uh, you know, caravans and celebrations from the cars. So there, again, just a lot of... Uh, partnerships to show if we work together how we could still create good things Um, but uh, the disappointment for those seniors especially uh, was so hard and and so Mm -hmm. I I give those kids a lot of credit for their resiliency. Mm -hmm. Gary similar question uh, you know the NLC they were mostly talking about conference only and at the time you guys weren't in a conference officially yet you had the Hoosier Plains coming but you guys weren't in a conference so 
what do you remember maybe from like that early April where, hey, we might schedule some games because you have baseball, softball track at, at Bethany as well. What, what do you remember from some of those early conversations uh, when we thought maybe we could play spring sports? I would echo what Larry said. Logistically, it was easy for us because it was out of our hands. Mm-hmm. We, we had our schedules set in place and, you know, and then we'd lose a chunk of the season <laughs> and we're still hoping that we could get some of it in. But logistically, it, that, that was taken kind of out, out of our hands. It was just, okay, how are we going to recognize our seniors who yeah. really got shafted in a lot of ways that, that last year, including athletics, um, you know, and, and just meeting with other ADs and, and trying to brainstorm and how we could, you know, appropriately recognize those seniors. So disappointing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, you know, we didn't get to have a, a, a spring sports season at all. Um, and a lot of emotions surrounding that, of course. And like you guys both mentioned, the seniors, I'm sure, were the were the catalyst by, by that. But uh, you know, Indiana, they we you know they worked towards getting ready for a fall return to sports in the fall. Um, both whoever could start. What do you remember from some of those conversations in the summer as we started gearing up towards that July 6th date? of, okay, we're going to go back to practicing sports. Here's the guidelines. I'm assuming you guys were all involved in Zoom calls probably with people. What do you guys remember? Either of you guys can, can start this. Go ahead, Gary. Well, it was the uncertainty of what it was going to look like. I mean, we all kind of put tentative plans in place, but until we got into it, we had we had no idea. We You know, we didn't know what it was going to look like in terms of, you know, do athletes – spread it during competition our athletes going to start getting sick what's the impact on that just just all of the unknowns were really difficult to deal with mm-hmm. yeah setting up gyms <laughs> and you know all of a sudden you have all these great plans and then you run a drill and you forget that well what are kids going to do when they're done with the drill they go stand in a line right by <laughs> right. each other right and you can't get them to not do that and then all of a sudden okay after the now we have cones six feet apart. So when you're at the end of the layup line, for example, you stand six feet apart. Just all the extra preparation it took for our staff, all the training from our health department, you know, the health services in Goshen schools to help with that. I don't know what Gary has to do in terms of when there's close contact tracing, but we've been lucky at the high school that it, that all fell on our school nurse, Wendy Swallow, and she's done it for not just athletes but mm-hmm. any student it oh my gosh that's her full-time job when we yeah. were mm-hmm. in school still mm-hmm. now that we're virtual that has slowed down mm-hmm. obviously yeah I was kind of curious about that so obviously you guys don't have the same testing abilities as like a Notre Dame or like an NF- the NFL or the NBA right so how do you how do you guys and Gary I guess we could start with you and then Larry it will go how do you guys go about like determining who's a close contact like how does that process even work or how do you even know someone tested positive I, I don't know if you've had any issues necessarily with that Gary I, I don't remember you guys having an outbreak in that sense in the fall but how does how does that process work I guess so we did have that issue we our volleyball team was was quarantined forgot yeah uh, for two weeks it's every you could just assume every team got quarantined right. at this point probably but yeah yeah and it was it, in that case it was a matter of one of our volleyball players had tested positive and so that was pretty clear cut because mm-hmm. we had decided beforehand that if we had an athlete that tested positive, we weren't going to try to contract, contact trace the athletes. We were going to shut down the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, we felt like that was going to be too difficult. Now, 
the difference between a JV and a varsity kid, I mean, there, there were some conversations about that. But the contact tracing itself pretty much came from our admin team. I wasn't as involved in that, except I would go to coaches saying, are there anybody, anybody else that we need to include in this? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you, yeah, Larry, with such, a, with such a big school, bigger school, you know, someone's, you know, family member could test positive and then their contact traced out and then that athlete might have been in contact. Like, how did that even, how do you even get to that point, well, I guess? When we were on the hybrid, it was easier because each class, the kids could stay social distance. But then when we went back to full student attendance on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, that's when it really hit us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the seating charts, um, we have video in the cafeteria because the cafeteria was a, an area where kids would sit by each other. So a lot of kids were contact traced through there. Bus, <laughs> bus seating <laughs> charts, yeah. taking pictures of every, if you didn't want a seating chart, you had to take a picture of every time you got on the bus. Um, yeah. And I think that, that led to the football, it, right? It, the bus, wasn't there was that an issue in, with the bus and the football team? There was some involved with that. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, and I don't know how it, it came across to Gary, but as we went through fall, you know, you're playing soccer and football, and when a kid got a positive, people were trying to contact trace, and you, you already said that Bethany decided not to do that. Um, you know, and with our situation, the, this young man who was positive played all the time, so we just said everybody on the field was out. But now in the winter, as we've learned to more uh, learn more about this, um, our nurse goes by the think of having glitter on your hand, you know, and, and if you slap someone's hand, even if you're in the starting five and you go out and slap a teammate's hand, it's like putting glitter on their hand and now they wipe their face. Right. So mm-hmm. there's no unless you keep your teams totally separate, uh, you're pretty much the whole team's out. Uh, mm-hmm. So what we've learned and the changes with the CDC and that it's thank goodness I have someone that does that for me. I'd. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough trouble rescheduling and all the, that. The one interesting thing that, that we did as a school, we kind of flipped it. I mean, we're, we really try to integrate our athletes with all of our student body, and we do a very good job of that. In this case, knowing our athletes were already going to be contact traced, we put them together in the cafeteria and in classes when we had a group of volleyball players. We, mm-hmm. would, we would keep those kids together which we would never do otherwise, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we just wanted to minimize how many people would be contact traced if someone did test positive. When we had, I think Northridge had this issue with their online academy, almost all athletes were really thinking about, well, why would I come to school and risk Mm -hmm. not being allowed to play Mm -hmm. because I sat by the wrong person? And so uh, we didn't have a lot of athletes do that initially, but all of a sudden as we got close to the state (laughs) tournament, Oh, why is this student not coming to, oh, they're still zooming in <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're watching class because we had that hybrid model, mm-hmm. but they were not coming to school as frequently. And I, you know, they communicated with the teachers and it was mm-hmm. just a very difficult thing for teachers to process. Just another thing that added to their list of things to do. Mm-hmm. It's just for me, like listening to that, I don't know why, but my brain was just like, could you imagine like at this time 12 months ago like we were talking about this right like zooming into your class dude so you can stay safe to play in the state tournament game like isn't that just for me like it still is baffling sometimes like that we are in this which is and we've been in it for nine months which is just crazy to think um hiring of coaches (laughs) uh, that is an interesting because you want them to 
I don't know how often Gary gets students involved with that, but a lot of times we'll have graduating seniors give us their impressions and be part of the committee. Mm-hmm. And now you're hiring coaches via Zoom and maybe <laughs> uh, have them in mm-hmm. with one or two people in a large room to talk to yeah. with their mask on, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't see, you can't even see yeah. their facial expressions, yeah. but you can see them on Zoom. And, so. and I think that to kind of about the hiring thing, and maybe Gary can contest to this, it feels like you, you you guys actually you know had to hire a new boy soccer coach right before the season began, and you hired from within uh, with Tony Tony Jansen. Was that maybe a thing? Because like West Noble had to hire three coaches right after Tom Skimmerhorn came back from being sick, and they were all former assistants or current assistants at the school. Like, did having that familiarity with the program like almost make it like like that's the person we're gonna have to hire? Like, because you can't really hire anyone from the outside really because you know of the of the world. Well, I that guess. situation was kind of a no-brainer. Well, right, obviously for, it, for it, us, right, and that's one of our probably more high-profile sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had, you know, several candidates that would have been interested in that position. For me, I hire all my middle school coaches as well, and that can always be a challenge mm-hmm. just filling spots. And in this COVID environment, boy, people are very reluctant to take that on, and I understand why. So mm-hmm. that's been more of a challenge. Larry, I know you had a first-year head coach for volleyball this past fall, but obviously hired her back in January. Uh, it was like early, late January. So actually, when we first started the podcast, she was like the interview we ran on the first or second episode of the podcast, Melanie Meyer. But I, have you hired any coaches during this? Um, I, maybe a track? Was there a track opening, I believe? Or uh, we, we, are, uh, we have our head coaching candidate for girls track who will mm-hmm. go to the board in early January. That was done mainly through Zoom. Uh, we hired our uh, a new position, the strength and conditioning coach, mm-hmm. Tyler Miller, a Goshen grad who uh, was living in Indy. We did almost all of that via Zoom. We did have him up to see the weight room with Dr. Young Hans and I. Uh, I think those are the two head coaches. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, then the, the head coaches have to hire the assistant <laughs> coaches at Goshen. So they mm-hmm. had uh, most of those people, though, you're familiar with them and they were mm-hmm. local people. Right. I want to take us back um, to August, specifically the first week of August. Um, <laughs> Larry, Larry just shrugged. So, like, this is where we're going. Um, girls' golf starts. Uh, we had the first couple invites, uh, and then all of a sudden, Thursday, August sixth, um, things got a little crazy in Elkhart County. Uh, if you might remember the. Um, I, I don't, I'm not going to blame Goshen High School, Larry, but Goshen High School was the first one to kind of put out there that the Elkhart County Health Department was moving towards um, shutting down basically everything um, and closing down uh, in person through September 29th. And a lot of athletic departments reacted to that and suspended at athletics for the time being. I think I texted both you guys nonstop almost for like 24 hours. You guys are probably texting me for info too. Um, Larry, uh, that that 24 hours or so from late Thursday night to Friday, how do you even describe that? Uh, well, we already had kids on campus for practice, so we let them keep practicing. And then within the next 12 hours, there was this kind of, well, maybe we're not going to have to just totally shut down. So um, we kept going. And uh, I think that Marion County had experienced the same thing a couple of days beforehand. And they kept going uh, because of a large uh, amount of people expressing uh, that we can do this safely. Things aren't spreading in athletics. Uh, Give us a chance at this. 
Um, and, you know, this whole thing's an ethical dilemma. I have to take um, whatever my personal uh, opinion is about uh, contact and, and being out there next to people, and I have to weigh that versus what's best for student athletes and our calling in education-based athletics. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's a large uh, number of athletic directors who would say, why are we doing any of this? <laughs> um, and then when you see the value of it, okay, they're, they're, I, I see why we're doing this. I just hope no one's getting sick. Yeah. Gary, what do you remember from that um, first week of August where things really three or four different times in a 24-hour stretch really swung? Are we doing this? Are we not doing this? Are we, you know? So it was pretty chaotic. Um, in our case, uh, our head of school, Tim Lehman, was not included in that superintendent meeting with the, the Elkhart Health Department. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we had not been given particular guidance. We were just hearing secondhand what, what people were saying. But we also kind of felt like because we weren't included in that initial meeting, we had kind of intended to keep going so we so our coaches had kept practicing um you know and then they they did come out with the guidelines which which obviously then we in Elkhart County all, all decided to follow but just that, that two or two or three day stretch was you know just chaos for our coaches for our athletes you know nobody knew what was going to happen yeah I noticed you guys had a little more gray hair this time around so that's probably what caused that uh you know that time stretch so um, it was uh, picture day at Goshen High School was that Saturday like, yeah okay so can you stand by each other with your mask on can you not yeah. all those picture things. isn't that funny like something like that picture day you don't even think about that probably until you know the day before you're like oh wow we got to do pictures right like got to make sure we're socially distanced for that and everything yeah. it's just crazy all the things um you know as we sit here right now obviously we have we got through the fall sports season and we did it safely and you know there were games canceled and postponed and things like that but the state tournaments stayed on time and they got done on time and, and which is miraculous honestly when when you think about it, given all the hurdles you had to jump um when you see states around us like illinois uh not really doing anything yet even this year michigan obviously has stopped started stopped now they're coming back like they're gonna start playing football again in january um gary for you i'll go to you first on this one do you just feel um sense of i don't know pride's the right word like getting through this year and doing it and being able to still play most of the games like where does that emotion for you like knowing that we actually were able to still do this and and pull it off for lack of a better term so I'm not in that place yet where I feel like we pulled it off yet. I mm-hmm. want to get through this winter season, <laughs> which has been a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do feel good about what happened in the fall. Um, but, but having mostly outdoor venues in the fall it was just much easier than, than our winter sports. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it's hard for me to criticize other states because there was certainly apprehension from from my end, you know what are, what are we gonna what are we gonna experience, um, you know. But yeah, but but just getting through this this winter season, uh, I don't feel like we're there yet. Mm-hmm. Right, Larry. Similar sentiments, I guess. Being able to pull off the fall in general, I know, like you said, we're mostly outdoors. But even getting through volleyball, you know, in you know, pretty much one piece. Like, what was kind of the 
what's kind of been your outlook and perspective on that, I guess? Uh, the pride would, would come from our, our student athletes and fans and our staffs on how hard they worked, our custodians, oh my gosh, to, mm-hmm. to pull things off. I think mm-hmm. the first word I thought of when you asked Gary that question was relief. <laughs> I was relieved that no one got ill from it. I was relieved that we were able to do that for our student athletes because of the mental health issues that are out there for all of us, uh, but more so with teenagers. And so to provide that opportunity for, and, and like, even though we're a big school, many of our spring athletes, our fall athletes, Gary probably has a lot higher percentage at Bethany, but um, for the, if they would have had to lose two seasons in a row, that would have been crushing. So I'm really glad that we move forward. Um, and this, uh, this winter feels like a very wet spring because <laughs> <laughs> you're canceling and and all the time and it's on it could be the day of right like oh a thunderstorm came and we didn't know it so mm-hmm. we, well we can't play you oh. anybody else open uh that's the difference that usually you're done for that day and you're rescheduling now it's uh, okay well who can play tonight <laughs> we'd like to play tonight we've got officials mm-hmm. and so the, the that's another example of the great network of athletic directors and uh give the IHSA a shout out their technology allows us all to see when people are looking for games on very short notice <laughs> you know you probably just jinxed it right we're gonna definitely have a wet spring now it's gonna rain every day and yeah right It'll, that'll be easy compared to <laughs> those, those uh, systems are already in place you know we're used to that yeah well <clears throat> I think uh you know one of the one of the things that COVID delayed um just thinking about spring kind of is like Bethany was going to be building this new athletic complex, and obviously you guys pushed that back to the summer. What is the kind of the update on on that? Because you're going to be putting a new baseball, softball, everything in at Bethany. So that we, we were scheduled to break ground last spring on that. Mm-hmm. It would have been fantastic if we could have still done that because we ended up getting our spring seasons canceled, and so it'd have been a great time not to have facilities. <laughs> right. Because of the COVID environment, that got bumped back, and we are on schedule now to break ground this spring. And it'll be ready for... So the kids in this spring won't be able to play at Bethany. They're going to probably find... So I'm going to be able to keep my softball field uh, this spring until May. And at that point, then, Goshen College is out of school, and so I think we'll be okay facility-wise using theirs. Mm -hmm. But that means I will not have home soccer fields next fall. And then next spring, everything will be good to go. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just so many different things again, like that, just come into COVID with the COVID that have you know thrown off a lot of things. So, uh, Larry kind of mentioned it in his last answer about kind of like the size of the school and just how you have athletes in the fall and the spring. And um, I wanted to kind of ask this in, gen- in a general kind of sense. And I'll start with Gary. You know, you guys have what a couple hundred students total in the mm-hmm. building, if that. Um, were there any advantages, disadvantages uh, to a smaller number like that, or did you not really think that made a difference for you guys? The huge advantage for us, for me, is I'm not dealing with wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I take part in those Zoom conversations with the ADs from the state every week, and your conversations uh, surrounding that sport. Uh, <laughs> Larry, you know. Larry's like shaking his head. You guys didn't start wrestling till what December 12th, December 10th. 
Yeah, the Saturday. The 12th. Yeah, the 12th. The yeah. JV invite, and then we wrestled Mishawaka that afternoon. <laughs> I had like four, yeah. three, four weeks of wrestling postponements. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Um, but like in general, like even like for the fall, like how do you think that, uh, do you think that helped you guys having smaller numbers or bigger? Like does it matter, to, I guess? I don't or? think that matters because our numbers are the same per sport. Yeah. Right? So there's not a huge impact there. Mm-hmm. Larry, what do you think? I mean, in theory, there's more people in the building, more chances to get contact traced or something like that, I guess. Well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll just say that, you know, we're a bigger, more more students, but we're a bigger complex. So, you mm-hmm. know, one of the things we tout at Goshen High School is that we're a school of one. Everyone finds their place, whether it be in a club or music. And so I think we probably, for square footage, are pretty similar Uh when you compare that, the I found the methods of communication with students and parents to be, I thank goodness for technology because our student management system allows me to send a 600 or to five. Mm-hmm. Um, and each, each, each head coach has their own method, whether it be through some app or whatever mm-hmm. of, of communicating with students. But uh, thank goodness for that technology. That helped mm-hmm. us keep parents and students hearing the same message because that would have been a nightmare to get sure. <laughs> 18 different messages to kids. Mm-hmm. And we're and we're pretty fortunate facilities-wise for a school our size. Yeah. Uh, our venues, our, our gym, our outdoor facilities, you know, we, we have really good facilities for our size, and that helped us spread out. I mean, we're one of the few schools in the area that still have high school kids in a hybrid learning situation. So we have high school kids in the building two days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's in part because we've got the facilities to do that. Mm-hmm. Larry, is it weird going to school and there's no students there more times than not? It, it is awful. <laughs> yeah. To tell you the truth, it is absolutely awful to be sitting in a building. The teachers aren't, you know, everyone's got to be in their room. So you see almost nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. It can drain on you pretty quickly. I am doing a lot of gym setup that usually <laughs> was not part of my responsibility, but I, I almost use it as a... A release. Yeah. Um, you know, we always did the out, outdoor setup, but the indoor setup has been our wonderful custodial staff. And right before I came here, I went and pulled out bleachers and moved. <laughs> and I thought, well, this helps me to get up and move around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and, and I do know now that we've pulled off fall or completed fall. It certainly brings us more optimism about the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, unless things really get worse we should be able to so these kids don't miss two seasons in a row that would be devastating for them you've got a lot of my questions you look at my questions beforehand no, you've been just, answering a lot of I, my questions that i, I was wanted just to thinking about, about gary and, and what he said about outdoor versus indoor sports right and obviously like the window the winter is the biggest that's the biggest challenge i'm assuming going from outdoors to indoors and the different restrictions there are for you know the covid related guidelines i'm sure you know, at soccer games, like even at the sectional soccer games uh, for you guys at Elkhart Christian and Westview, they were, you know, relatively full stands. I mean, there were still some spreading out, but it was still pretty full because people could sit in their lawn chairs and spread out and things like that. Where at basketball now, you know, 50 to 100 people max in the gym, depending on how many, you know, you're allowed what, four tickets per player at this point, uh, you know, depending on where you're at. And different counties have different rules too. So, um, do you feel like that's been the biggest challenge, either you guys just going from outdoors to indoors right now? Is that the biggest issue with the winter? Yeah, I think it is. Um, you know, when we, 
we started out our, our fall season and we were requiring uh, people to wear masks even outdoors. Mm-hmm. We were basically just saying anywhere on a facility, you have to wear a mask. That was a pretty brutal couple of weeks trying to enforce that for, <laughs> out, for the outdoor venues. Mm-hmm. And our, uh, our principal had the idea, you know what, why don't we just paint circles on the sideline where people can sit? And I remember thinking, we can do that, but it's not going to be very effective because they're going to spread out anyway. And they're going to, and, and so we did, we painted those circles and that first game, I was amazed. Everybody <laughs> stayed exactly inside their circle. Uh, I think as a human species, we kind of follow lines. And, <laughs> and uh, so that was very effective. And so then we, then we allowed them to take their masks off if they were, you know, in one of those circles mm-hmm. with their own family units. But in basketball, you have no idea who belongs to a family unit, who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we make the announcements. We, we, we do all we can, but it's just it's more challenging indoors. Yeah. Very similar sentiments in that regard. Yeah, I would agree. And and uh, communicating the ticket plan constantly with the you know in the fall when we had a capacity limit, you could just easily set. Um, we used a, a digital ticketing program, and you could set the capacity. And if your capacity was 200 for that game, and you only sold 150 tickets, you could announce, "Oh, we'll have 50 tickets for mm-hmm. sale at the gate," but with only four tickets per family, per household, really, is what we say at Goshen High School. You know, that is just so, it's so hard because some kids get the four and they give them to a, a, a friend or a mm-hmm. grandparent and, and other fa- fans are trying <laughs> to follow the rules and they know darn well that that person doesn't live with them. <laughs> we don't, right. you know, but people sure like to tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's, how, how do you really enforce that is kind of like the, a lot. I think a lot of the sentiments... Yeah. Now we have a smaller gym we call Whiteman Gym where we just do two per family. So that helps. And then when we're at our pool, we do one per family. So mm-hmm. that's easier to spread out. And our gym, our, our balcony of our gym is just huge. So mm-hmm. even if people are violating that, we have plenty of space. And, and Gary, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but your facilities at Bethany, you know, you guys are a smaller school, but your gym is pretty, you know, decently sized. So I'm sure it's easier for you guys to spread out as well i would i would bet it for basketball it is while elkhart county's still in red we're saying uh for visiting fans just two per athlete mm-hmm. um and we just check them off at the gate and then for our fans it's just parents and siblings mm-hmm. and and we're we know who they are in a, in a school yeah. our size mm-hmm. um, we put them in on one side of the bleachers we don't put anybody behind our our team benches yep. so that part of it for me is not that difficult to enforce mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you guys about, um, you know, obviously with the limited crowds, you have seen more and more schools go to online video streaming. Uh, Bethany and Goshen, you guys both have added uh, various things. I think Goshen, you guys do a pay-per-view setup where I believe Bethany, you guys are doing it. Is it stream for free online, I believe? Yes. Do you envision the streaming um, staying, I guess, when we go back to normal and crowds come back? Because I know... um, you know, uh, I guess, yeah, I, I don't know. You guys didn't really have much video streaming necessarily before this. Do you envision this staying as maybe something to have afterwards? I can, we can start with you, Gary. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, the great thing about streaming is you've got families out of state and grandparents that live far away. We've heard a, a tremendous amount of positive feedback that they can now, they can now watch their kids play. I anticipate 
keeping streaming going forward, I'm not sure about the pay-per-view model. Mm-hmm. We, we I, I was pretty, it was pretty important this year for us to offer that free mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's not, it's not their fault. They can't come to games. Right. Going forward, would that impact our gate? I'm sure it would if we offered it free. And so I think we'll, we'll, we'll certainly stream, but I'm not sure what that will look like in the future. Mm-hmm. Larry streaming, uh, having personnel to run the streaming, uh, so we did pay-per-view in the fall when it was um, a capacity limit. So almost everybody really could get tickets mm-hmm. to the game if they wanted to come. So if they chose not to come, uh, then they paid for the pay-per-view. But it wasn't professionally done except <laughs> when it was with football and we had our GTV station uh, using that as a learning mm-hmm. opportunity. Now in the winter, since we have gone to Red, we 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 have scrapped the pay-per-view. It is live streaming mm-hmm. on our uh, Goshen Schools YouTube channel, so it is free, and and the school corporation has uh, is paying a student to come and and run that, and then we just link in with Brent and Denny for the <laughs> basketball games, the boys games, because they don't cover any other uh, sports. I would anticipate we will continue uh, with the um, the free live streaming, um, and if we could get sponsorship for that, we would continue. Otherwise, it'll go back to pay-per-view when we go to a capacity limit again like we had in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's been really interesting to see all the different schools, you know, modify like that. Northridge and, and Northwood, too. Like, I mean, all the schools really have, have, you know, in West Noble, like all the schools I see on Twitter, like, yeah, you could stream it here and watch it live. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, there's... We kind of knew this technology already existed, right? Even like something like Zoom, we probably knew that you know, FaceTiming and things that existed, but really using it a lot now in 2020, mm-hmm. and for you know probably for the first half of 21 here as well. So, um, Larry, I want to ask you, what is maybe the biggest lesson that you've learned? Maybe if you could pinpoint one thing you've learned in the last five months or so, what's what's maybe the biggest thing you've learned? And uh, I'm going to ask Gary, so I'm going to let him, Gary, answer second because he's, oh, okay. he's been answering yeah. first a lot. What were you going to say, but- Gary, so I can steal <laughs> it? Uh, I don't know if I learned it. Uh, well, certainly a lot of technology things right. I've learned and, uh, and like the digital ticketing is something that will continue. That is, a, that, that is very slick. Um, I think that it's reinforced a lot of the things that I always felt were out there, but it's proven uh, that... Uh, you know, a, a community is going to come together. Athletic directors are going to come together, and it, it's kind of it's kind of uh, uh, reinvigorated me a little bit about the value of education-based athletics because we hear the negatives all the time in, as athletic directors. But in this case, the importance of just having kids involved with an activity is starting to shine through. I dread basketball games now <laughs> because the gym's quieter, and everybody who thinks they're better than the ref. I hear what they say, and it, ju- it just makes me cringe. Uh, because before you couldn't hear them, right? The cheerleaders were cheering, and the pep band was playing. And but now, um, overall, though the the positivity and the support and the way people have come together to pull this off is, is has been very very uh, reassuring. Mm-hmm. Gary, well, I think the worst part of of this for me has been trying to enforce the mask policy being the mask police has been miserable (laughs) and I've changed how I've approached that and it's been a lot more effective right Mm -hmm. instead of arguing about the science for wearing masks or painting a black and white picture do it or leave which Mm -hmm. is which ends up being very confrontational Mm -hmm. I've kind of changed my approach and I and I do that now more as a father I've got kids that are playing basketball Mm -hmm. 
And if I've got a fan who is really unhappy about having to wear a mask, just saying, hey, I get it. It's not fun. But I've got kids playing. I'm terrified their season's going to be cut short. I want their grandma to be able to watch them play. This is the sacrifice that we have to do for that to happen. And I, and I feel like they hear that a little bit better. And it's not quite as political. Don't ask me how this turned into a political debate anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, and you don't have to maybe give a clear answer or uh, on the record answer, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, I guess. Have you guys ever heard anything in the last month? Have there been any serious discussions about postponing or pausing sports in Indiana like Michigan did for a month, has done for a month, Illinois still doing it? Have you heard anything um, through the grapevine, through IHSA about anything like that? I have not. I'll, I'll give a um, shout out to the Elkhart <laughs> County superintendents as as they meet weekly with the uh, health department um, leadership, mm-hmm. and they have uh, kept the stance that as long as the spread is not happening in sports and from athletic events, they are going to do everything they can to keep athletics going. Uh, mm-hmm. because they know the value for our kids. So shout out to those superintendents. They've, they've worked very well together and, and kept uh, at least the public school um, athletic directors in the know on that. And then mm-hmm. uh, Gary and I communicate once in a while and <laughs> I'll get a, hey, what, I heard this is going on. And I'll say, yeah, what are you doing for that? So um, I'd give a shout out to the IHSAA too. I think their leadership through this mm-hmm. has, has been really strong. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah, especially with the changing commissioner too, right in the middle of you know, you know all of it. Basically, you know, Paul Knighty took over right when we were coming back, and I'm sure it hasn't been easy for him being a first-time commissioner going through all this. And uh, I actually, uh, you know, he gives us all his phone number, and I called and left a message when we went on quarantine for our football program. And the the gist of the message was, is hey, why can't we do what some other states are doing with football and push it to March or something? Because I didn't see any way we were going to get through the season and you know he was nice enough to call me back when he was <laughs> traveling from Evansville to Indianapolis one day and said Larry I get it but this is what we will just keep plugging ahead and see how it goes mm-hmm. and I'm sure there were a lot of discussions like that internally externally about what is the point I mean there are even times in me where I'm just watching you guys have to change all the schedules and there was a day last week where I think I my phone didn't stop going off for two hours of like oh this one's moved and this game's moved and that's moved and this is canceled and I'm sitting there at, at uh, Electric Brew and I'm like what is the point of this like what <laughs> I have like 20 schedule updates I have to make like what is the like and that's and that, that's just that's just me watching you guys have to actually change the schedules I don't have to like make the stressful decisions of you know, well, are we going to play today or we're not going to play today, you know? So, so Gary, did you guys make a pocket calendar this winter? No. <laughs> no, we did not. It's good to hear. No. Nope. There's a reason why my calendar is on a Google Doc, so you could just copy and paste and move stuff up and move it around. I didn't write down anything. I, Terry Kircher is our printer, and he had done a draft for me of the pocket calendar way uh-huh. back at the end of eight, uh, October, and I've still got it in my briefcase. I want to compare that <laughs> with what we actually played at the end of the year, and I'll, I'm guessing it'll be close to about... 60 to 70 percent accurate a lot of crossouts, a lot of canceled permanently games um yeah it's crazy so um are you guys ready for a break <laughs> larry gary you guys ready to take a couple days here and just have a couple days to to breathe a little bit be around your family actually 
I am. <laughs> you know, we're not uh, we're not traveling. Normally, we we go see the in laws in Kansas over break, and that you know it's always good to see family, but it also is a little bit more stressful. So I'm looking forward to a couple weeks of a little bit more laid back, watch my kids play in a basketball tournament, and not hosting any events for a couple weeks. So. Mm-hmm. Larry, you got some work, but you get the 24th through the 27th or 8th off here, so. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to Columbia City to watch the girls play, so <laughs> I, I have off until January 2nd. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're ever really off, but like Gary, you know, we're not going to, it's not going to be a normal normal travel, so the, the to-do list at <laughs> home might get actually uh, chipped away at. There you go. Um what do you guys want on this, I guess? What are you hoping for here um, as we enter the next um, semester, I guess, of school? We, we got through this first semester um, like relatively unscathed. You know, most teams play their games. Um, now with, you know, a vaccine in the country, obviously it's not coming to us right away, but it's, it's there. Um, and, you know, moving to the spring where the sports are going to be outdoors, I guess, Gary or Larry, we'll start with you because we're trying to keep it balanced here as much as possible. <laughs> Larry, what are your hopes uh, for this next, you know, four or five months as we hopefully get through this pandemic and kind of go back to normal life? Uh, number one, that none of uh, that no one else dies from COVID, mm-hmm. um, and that our our people understand that just because there's a vaccine, uh, and just because you're six feet away from from somebody doesn't mean you don't still need to wear your mask at our events. Uh, you know, we need to set good example for our students and uh, we're not gonna get back to normal very soon unless people understand we still have to follow all these protocols. So cooperation from the community and everybody is, is my hope so that we can, we can get through this sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Gary? Yeah, I hope that, uh, you know, gradually, as more of our population gets vaccinated, you've got to think the numbers are going to start improving at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm very nervous about what it looks like after Christmas. Um, You know, with the spread in our community the way it is now. Um, And and then you've got a vaccine out there. And my fear is that some people are going to relax their, their behavior. And so we certainly don't want to see a bigger spike than what we're going through. Um, but a little bit of normalcy as we get into the spring would be would be fine. I'd, I'd welcome one of those four o'clock afternoon thunderstorms and have to cancel <laughs> that game. And that's my biggest my, my biggest worry of that day. Yeah, uh, putting diamond dry on a softball field yep. to get the game in wouldn't that be sweet? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I, I kind of echo a lot of you guys what you said. Um, and I just want to personally uh, say thank you for you guys' work this uh, this past five six months. I know it hasn't been easy. Um, I'm sure I've bugged you or texted you at times for schedules and even coming on this podcast, Bug, you need to come on this. Uh, and I'm sure you guys, you know, have been busy doing 12 other things when I've texted you and, or emailed you or whatever. Um, so just as a, as a journalist, as a sports journalist in the area, like I appreciate the work you guys and not all the ADs have done uh, in the last six months, you know, making sure everyone stays safe, making sure we get sports in because, you know, I see I have, you know, journalism friends in Illinois and Michigan, even California, you know, they're not, they don't have anything going on. You know, they're texting me like they're jealous, you know, that they have things to cover and things to do. And, and, um, so I really appreciate all the efforts you guys have gone through, uh, these last five, six months, uh, to make sure that we really have a high school sports season and, and get these athletes the chance to, to play, uh, you know, for Thank state you. championships. So, 
Um, on that, we will wrap up this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I want to thank uh, Bethany Christian AD, Gary Chupp, Goshen AD, Larry Kissinger for coming in again uh, for the podcast. Really appreciated the time, guys. Thought it was a really interesting conversation. Uh, and, uh, yeah, well, we made it to Christmas. We made it to Christmas. That's, that's all that matters. So uh, thank you, guys, everyone, for tuning in again. And we will be talking to you again next week. <laughs>